listening to Filling the Storehouse podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Hey, hey, this is Stu. And hey, did you know that as of 2016, there are more than 40.6 million people in modern day slavery, and that the business of human trafficking creates over 150 billion in profit every year. Yes, that's billion with a B. Human trafficking is a global crime that is woven into our lives more than we realize. Trafficking happens every day all over the world, and it affects individuals of every age, ethnicity, and socioeconomic background. Well, our friends at Exodus Road say that we believe that justice is in the hands of the ordinary people just like you. And everyone has a role to play in bringing freedom to traffic sons and daughters around the world. And so do we at Storehouse 310 Ventures. This has become a passion of ours to support Exodus Road and fight this hideous crime. So we've created the Storehouse Giving Fund. It's a donor advised fund and uh, we hope that us ordinary people can all come together and fight this ridiculous, hideous crime. So join us in the fight against human trafficking. I've put a link in the show notes of this podcast episode to our giving fund. And we would greatly appreciate it if you helped us and just donated a little bit. Seriously, everything, even the smallest amounts count. So go enjoy this episode and go that link in our show notes and support us and support Exodus Road. Go for your storehouse. See ya. Wow. Dun, da, da, da. It is now being recorded. You guys ready? You fired up? Fire I'm always fired up, Stu. I'm always fired up. Fire it up. <laughs> Brown's like, I'm never going to agree. This is awesome. Not even get on a phone <laughs> call with Stuart. Brianna's like, what are we doing here? I am loving this. You guys have such beautiful energy and you guys do so many amazing things in the world. So I'm so grateful for who you guys are and how you show up in the world. And I am excited to have this conversation. Uh, don't lie. Did you really mean that for Stu though? Because most people say nice I things, did. but they don't typically mean hey. Stu. Brianna, I've talked so way cool. more. First of all, Stu is totally with it as a father. He is trying to model excellence in how he raises his kids. And I'm impressed because I mentioned a few resources to him. And then I said, oh, let me, I'll like text you about them. And then I totally forgot. And the next day I texted him and he was like, oh, I already bought those. It's like, I'm on it. I was very impressed. Hey, speaking of, I got a pretty cool, proud dad story. Well, it's kind of like a fail at first. And then like a proud moment afterwards, we were, I was mowing the lawn yesterday and my son, my three-year-old three son, Wells, he has this like little play uh, lawnmower and he kind of like follows me around the yard and he was like, follow me. He's like, dad, 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 stop, stop, stop. And I was like, what? I kind of got like, annoyed with him. I was kind of like mad at him because I was like in a, in a, you know, on a roll. He's like, stop, stop, stop. And I was like, okay. And I he was starting to yell something to me and I'd turn off the, the uh, lawnmower. He's like, dad, hey we can do hard things. And he gave me like a big <laughs> high five. I was like, yeah, we can do hard things. And he like that kept on going and like mowing the lawn. I was like, that's awesome. I don't know when I told him that, but 
That's pretty cool. It's red. Yeah, you red. might not have even told him that. You might have just said it and he picked it up. Or you might have modeled that you're consistently doing hard things and he's absorbing that yeah. from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to be fair, for Stuart, pushing a lawnmower is very, very difficult, even <laughs> if it's self-propelled, because it's, you know, it's work. So that's... Uh, it, I mean, it's one of those where you, like, push the thing down. Yeah, and, and it, it goes. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. So hard. Oh, man. Brianna. I have a question for you. Yes. What was the best part of your day before you got onto this call with us? Yes. Oh my gosh. You're so awesome, Stu. Oh oh my gosh. So the best part of my day before getting on this call was my clubhouse room because today we were talking about amazing wins and how people came to having a powerful morning routine and how they discovered the miracle morning. And multiple people kept talking about like how amazing Hal Elrod is. And so I texted him and I was like, hey, Hal, what would it look like if you just hopped on this clubhouse room in four minutes from now to surprise all these people? And That's so cool. And like afterward, multiple people messaged me and they said, did I manifest Hal joining the show? And I was like, yes, you did. And yes, you did. <laughs> and so I just thought it was super sweet that these people, when they're talking about manifesting things and the power of like somebody impacting their lives, that I could, with a text message, be able to like kind of create a meaningful memory for people that otherwise like wouldn't have wouldn't have happened was totally outside the realm of anything that they thought would happen. And like, I'm still hearing about it all day long. I've gotten probably 15 messages from people saying, this was amazing. What he said was amazing. It inspired me so much because I asked him, um, about what gives him a deep sense of meaning and purpose surrounding being a miracle morning community member. And he said, that it's incredibly moving to recognize people being the best of what humanity has to offer people mm. showing up awesome. as their best selves. And he gets to witness, although there are so many dark parts of the world, he gets to witness the beautiful parts of the world consistently. And when we search for the good, more of what's good will come. And so I loved what he shared. I loved all these people being like, I made that happen. I'm like, yes, you did. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. That's nice. red. Well, Brianna, for uh, for our audience, if you could just give a little background of, of who Brianna Greenspan is and, um, you know, yeah, just kind of tell us about yourself if you could. I would love to. Awesome. I am Brianna Greenspan and I, you know, there's, when people ask me about my background, it's a little, it's like, who am I? Well, and what do I do? And like, how did I get to this place? Well, I honestly, when I think about who I am, I'm just someone who's trying to do all the good I can in all the ways I can at all the times I can for all the beings I can as often as I can. And that kind of leads me in various different directions because my intuition is guiding me to who I'm supposed to talk to, who I'm supposed to collaborate with, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to show up with this level of kindness and gratitude and generosity for the various people that I meet, for the various places that I'm in communities that I'm a part of. And I think a lot of that that desire to serve and that desire to listen to my intuition comes from my childhood because my childhood was riddled with complications. I had a lot of physical challenges 
And as a result, I was, um, I was constantly in assistive, like I had constantly had assistive devices. I constantly had medications. There was a lot of labels. There was a lot of limiting beliefs. There was a lot of physicians saying like, you can't, you won't, you'll never. There was a lot of like sitting out on the sidelines. Um, and so it's, it's, I didn't even know that there was anything different than that lifestyle until I started to meet people who would say they had a perfect attendance record or they were like picked for a sports team. And I was like, I've never played a sport in my whole life. I'm like not even in PE. I like I missed school all the time to go to the doctor. What were you like? Weren't you going to the doctor all the time? And I just it didn't really dawn on me that that wasn't everybody's normal. And so my childhood really shaped my awareness that um, I and everybody have tremendous complications to overcome. And that it's the way that we show up to handle adversity that defines who we are and how we will be able to flourish or struggle um, as a result. And that is a little bit about me. That's, that's awesome. And I, I love the, the all the ways you can like that. That's just uh, extreme focus. And there's a lot of purpose there and a lot of why there. And I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm kind of curious. So you had all these, these different challenges and even mindset things and label, like when you said labels, I don't know why that just really resonated with me. Um, but, but what was the turning point? Like what, mm. what was the catalyst that, that, that took all that stuff and now you're Brianna, all I can Greenspan. Yeah. Well, that's good. Thank you. There was, <laughs> that was awesome. There was this moment they were like taking me back. There was this moment where I had lost the ability to walk. I was 19 years old. I was super drugged up. And every physician that I went to see was like, here's another pill. And here's another label. And here's another dis assistive device. Oh, you need a handicap placard because you can't walk. Oh, you need a wheelchair. You need a, you need a this, that, the other. But the buffet of suggestions were all depreciative and it just got to the point where I said to my parents, I don't think I want to live anymore if this is it. Like it hurts to breathe. It hurts to move. It hurts to be alive. If this is, if this is where I'm at and this is the only set of options, this does not seem very good. And so I, so I went home to see a neurosurgeon about my about my surgery because I kept saying something is wrong. It was like 10 times worse than before the surgery. Like before the surgery, I, I was in a, a lot of physical pain and there was a lot of complications, but I could walk and it didn't hurt to, it didn't hurt in the same ways it did after the surgery. It was like a whole nother realm. And so everybody just kept saying like, here's more drugs. You're not trying hard enough. And I went home. I was in college at the time and I went home to see this neurosurgeon. And that night, my closest friend OD'd and died. And I got this phone call that my friend had passed away. And then I went to see the neurosurgeon and he said, oh, you're a medical anomaly something happened. We don't know what it is, but your surgery failed. And here's some more medication. 
And the medication that he prescribed me was the same medication that my friend passed away from. And something just like went off in my brain. And I said, couldn't these drugs kill me? And he said, these are made like, these are made for people like you with these complications. And I said, but couldn't they kill me? And, and it just in that one moment, I said to myself, you're either going to end your life in some way, intentionally or unintentionally, or you're going to go on a search to figure out all the ways that you can become your strongest self. And that just activated something within me, like a light bulb went off. And I said, what are the ways that people are learning to heal themselves naturally? What are the ways that people are learning to be able to walk, talk, see, hear, and breathe on their own? And how might I learn from those people? And from there, I just started to research everything that I could on healing. And I dropped out of college and I went through a 378 hour therapy program with the goal of being able to walk up a flight of stairs with no assistive devices, with no Western medication and um, nine hours a day, every day for six weeks. And after that, I could do that. And I've basically been able to walk up a flight of stairs ever since. And that was the moment that, and there was a lot that went on in that, in that, um, in that training, especially because the person who was the therapist that I worked with, um, really challenged my beliefs. And they said, they asked me if I ever thought that I'd be able to heal. And I said, no, uh, they asked if the, if I thought that they'd be able to help me. And I said, no. And they said, have you ever considered that you're prejudging every single thing that you try before you even try it? Mm. Um, have you ever considered that you're allowing the limiting beliefs of things that didn't work in your past to cloud the possibilities of what could work in the future? And that really opened my eyes to the concept of mindset. And I didn't really know what like positive mindsets were or like visualization or negatively affirming things I, like none of this was in my realm of awareness at the time. And so it really opened my eyes to how I was, um, causing harm to my healing ability and to my healing journey. And from there, the last 13 years have just like taken a full U-turn. And now, um, every symptom that comes up, I find different therapies modalities in order to shorten the duration of it or to completely eliminate it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and there's so many questions I have. I'm trying to decide on which direction I want to go. Um, so, so essentially, um, this, this, this issue that you had, um, you decided on your own that you are going to change your mindset change the power, uh, the power of your, I mean, essentially your brain um, to change all of this without any medications, without any doctors. I mean, you, you had ther therapists and help, right? But um, just that, just that, like that idea, that thought of, of like mindset and how powerful that is um, and how impactful that is, is, is just, it's kind of mind blowing really. Um, you know, so was this kind of a gradual thing or, um, you know, was this just surrounding yourself with the right people? 
um, and, and getting yourself around people that um, just kind of change that mindset over time? Well, I mean, what did that look like? Yeah. Well, it did not happen overnight. That's for sure. Like <laughs> when this, when this first therapist kind of called me out and said, has it ever occurred to you that you are clouding every, every possibility from working because you're prejudging it? I was very hostile and not pleased with that it's at like, all. It's like my kid saying she doesn't like broccoli when she has never even tried broccoli. Right? That's exactly right. And you're like, are you sure? It yeah. could taste like cotton candy, but you yeah. don't know because right. you decided <laughs> you don't like it. And so this person really challenged my belief system. And I was like really aggressive and unkind um, and really did not believe in this character at all. And <laughs> again, I'm totally ashamed about it now. And so day one, I wasn't that kind. Day two, I wasn't that kind. Day three, day four, day five, day six, I took a step and it didn't feel like someone was stabbing me. And a light bulb went off and I said, what if tomorrow I could take two steps and I don't feel like someone's stabbing me? And then something happened and I thought, what if this guy's right and something could make me feel different than how I currently feel? And so it was super important for me to recognize that we have to put in the work because, you know, I meet a lot of people that say, oh, I went to two sessions for an hour, once this week, once last week, and nothing happened, so I quit. I mean, day six, that was already 45 hours in. Yeah. <laughs> and when I think about that, I recognize that I didn't get sick overnight. And all of the physical manifestations of what was going on, they did not just happen overnight. So they're not going to go away with a magic pill or like with one therapy session. And that's where consistency and like really believing that something is out there that can help and really showing up over and over and over again for ourselves has this overwhelming ability to change the direction of our lives. And that was just something that I had no idea about then, but on day six, I really recognized, all right, there's something to this. If I show up, I do the physical therapy. I do the aqua therapy. I do the manual therapy. I do the, you know, I, I was, the goal was for me to be able to walk for five minutes a day, which took me almost an hour, like 20 seconds. We'd, we'd log and then I'd sit for like five minutes out of breath. And then I try again for like 45 seconds. It was like, <laughs> I have all of these screenshots of the, of the treadmill. Like literally it would take like 15 different tries on the treadmill to get to five minutes. And it just shows that when we show up for ourselves, so much as possible, even if it's in baby steps. And so that was just um, really eye-opening to me because before then I was basically taught that it's instant gratification. Oh, the pill is supposed to work. Whatever the doctor says is supposed to work. And if it doesn't, then give up and you know go on to the next thing. And so I was a quitter, quite frankly. And mm. I didn't give things a chance because I didn't even understand what was going on. And- so it was a gradual process. And over time, I became stronger and stronger, both physically and mentally. And eventually, you know, 
we could talk about the miracle morning in a minute, but eventually, you know, I really learned about positive mindsets and habit stacking and visualization and manifesting what I want to bring into my life. And I started to recognize that I was in the driver's seat of my own life and that there were, there were things out there that could support me with the challenges that I was experiencing. And I just didn't know it. And if I were to search there was at least the possibility that I might find something helpful. But if I was to just say nothing's working and, you know, let's go watch TV and complain about it, I'm probably not going to find something that can help. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Cause we, uh, you know, Stu and I were just talking about, um, you know, the, just what seems to be something that we run into every day. Um, you know, and, and, and today, you know, my Navy job, I, I was describing a situation where uh, people just want something for nothing, especially, you know, in today's day and age, they want something for nothing and they don't want to put in the work and they don't realize that the people that typically have the, the, the stuff, what the stuff is, you know, a success or whatever it is that, that how you define that typically work pretty hard and probably failed a, a bunch. And, and I think the, you know, it's, it's a, such an important concept and it's so powerful. And, and what, what really hit me is you were 45 hours into it before you had a breakthrough and you only had like 300 hours left to go to, to wrap up that, that the whole program. Right. And so like you, you went into it and you started seeing things, but when you put it in the context of what you had left, there was a lot of pushing left to, to do. And, and I just think don't, people don't realize that. And, and one thing that keeps popping in my head as you were talking is, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you'll get into it with the, with the miracle morning, but, you know, I think a lot of us focus on the power of mindset and I think we spend less time focusing on the power of limiting beliefs because I can be a very um, positive energetic and I can be coming at you with the energy and, and, and this, this, this perceived open mindset. And then I can be doing some negative self-talk and, and I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts or your perception of like the power. Cause I feel like the, the power of limiting beliefs is more powerful. Like, I feel like that it takes so much more um, growth mindset to overcome even the simplest. It's almost like trust. It takes years to build trust and like that it's gone. And then it takes, if you can grow it back, it's going to take years again, potentially. And so I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts on like, addressing that limited beliefs part of it you are you are right on the money right now because like, you are crushing it david doesn't happen very often so yeah <laughs> i'm gonna give you this gold medal right now yes. because yes. the truth is the things that we say to ourselves in our head we would never say to each other and then when we are so conscious enough to recognize that the conversation that we're having in our head is actually creating the detriment of our life. Like those limiting beliefs that I can't, I won't, the I suck, the, you know, I'm not good enough, the nobody likes me, all of that nonsense is so much more powerful than a positive affirmation that you say one time a day. And the reason why is because what we say on repeat, subconsciously, consciously, out loud or in our head, is being recognized. And we are actually creating a new neural pathway every time we read or say something 10,000 times. So think about this. If you are saying, you know, I am ready and committed to make this my best year ever, 
one time a day for a year. That's 365 times that you've said this nice affirmation. If you're saying, you know, horrible things in your head, six, 10, 20, 50 times a day on repeat about, you know, the problems and complications of your life, which one, which neural pathway is going to be created, a positive one or a negative one? And, you know, the quicker that we are able to catch ourselves every time we're saying something that is not serving us, you know, I often uh, say to people, if what you're saying to yourself, you'd be ashamed of if you said it to me, you'd be ashamed of if you said it out loud, then how dare you talk to yourself that way? Like, really, like if, if all we have is the power of our own thoughts, why are we bringing such depreciative narrative into our own life? And, and if we're in the driver's seat of our own life, what would it look like to flip that around? You know, every day I'm taking baby steps and getting stronger and stronger. You can say something that's honest and true in your own head that's also kind and positive. You don't have to say something that's like nonsense that's a lie. Like, you know, I can walk and I'm a millionaire and I'm a this when you're in a wheelchair and you're broke. You don't have to say something that's a lie, but you can literally like say something that's not keeping you in a space of complacency. And when we recognize that the subconscious is constantly listening, we recognize how important it is to have things in our environment that are triggering our conscious and subconscious to create a conversation that is going to serve us not only now, but in the future. And so that's why I created the Miracle Morning Art of Affirmations. A lot of people are like, you created a coloring book. That makes no sense. I'm like, it's not a coloring book. Yeah. It's like, it's a secret positive psychology workbook. I don't want people to just color. They always say it's not about the coloring. It's about what happens next. When you are sitting mindfully for just a few minutes, what happens is that you're activating the three attention skills that you develop during a mindfulness practice. And those attention skills are sensory clarity, equanimity, and concentration power. Yet the magic is when you tear the page out of the book. And when you put on your mirror, your desk, in your office, on your refrigerator, I am ready and committed to make this my best year ever. Because what happens is that every time you see that affirmation, you get to ask yourself, what am I ready and committed to do today to make it my best year ever? Not, oh my gosh, today sucks, this year sucks, oh my gosh, pandemic, oh my gosh, my business, oh my gosh, my kids, oh my gosh, my whatever. But you're actually asking yourself, what accountability am I going to build into this moment in order to create the life of my dreams? And it's the action that we take based on the powerful questions that we ask ourselves that we can move ourselves out of the space of consistent limiting beliefs. Awesome. That was thank so, you for that. So you're saying we shouldn't have like Fox News or CNN on in the background no. all day long? No. No. Oh, okay. No, thank you. Oh, no. Okay. I reject that narrative. No, anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. If you are familiar with David Hawkins' work, he has a book called Power Versus Force. And if you're not familiar with it, everybody should look, just Google David Hawkins Power Versus Force chart. 
and it will blow your freaking mind because actually there's this thing called states of consciousness and there's frequencies that we're giving off depending upon the state that we're in. And there's lower states of consciousness and higher states of consciousness. And for instance, if we're in a fear storm, a shame storm, a guilt storm, an anger storm, we are in a lower state of consciousness. Yet if we're showing up with gratitude, with love, with courage, even with neutrality, what we're doing is we are emitting a frequency that is significantly higher, like shame When you're in a shame storm, your frequency is at a 20. When you're showing up with courage, your frequency is at a 200. And the scale of consciousness is out of a thousand. And like you can get into all kinds of science and they can actually test where, where you're at and do all kinds of amazing things. But what's interesting is that based on the conversations in our head, based on the things that we're listening to, we can consistently be in a fear storm, which many people have chosen to be in. And that's a 75. Or we can consistently show up as our best self and be in a higher state of consciousness. And so having positive affirmations, dispelling limiting beliefs, showing up with things in our environment that remind us when we might get into a fear storm, a shame storm, an anger storm, how do we snap out of it versus keep that same state of consciousness for hours, days, weeks, months, and then, you know, um, put that on other people as we're interacting with them, which is not only being in this lower state, but also bringing other people to a lower state. You know, there's a lot to be said for how we show up, how it affects other people, and what are we personally taking responsibility for in order to show up as our best selves, no matter what is happening around us. Boom. 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 Mic drop, but we've got more questions. So yeah, we got more questions. Drop. I want to dive. I want to dive deeper into affirmations because, so you came on to um, the War Room Mastermind and gave us an amazing presentation. Everyone was like blown away by it. But, and then you gave us this challenge of thirty days of doing the Miracle Morning. And um, you know, there's been a lot of like, there's still ongoing chatter every single day of like posts and stuff we're doing. And and there's a lot of questions of like, hey, how how do I do this affirmation thing? what does this really look like? Like what's, mm-hmm. what's the actual like action steps of practicing affirmations? Um, so Brianna, go, how do we practice affirmations? Well, so first of all, affirmations <laughs> are, are words coupled with action. And so if we are not taking massive action on the things that we say, then we're not actually doing anything except for creating a limiting belief in our head. Because if we say something like I am a millionaire and then we sit on the couch and watch a sports game eating potato chips and nothing happens to our bank account, we wonder why is this not working? Like that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And then we are creating a limiting belief that, oh, these sentences don't work, that's nonsense. But it's nonsense because first of all, that's not a real affirmation. Second of all, there was no action taken. And so you're you're now, your subconscious is now saying to you, this is nonsense, you shouldn't even try, this is not for you. However, um, there's a beautiful affirmations formula, I am just as worthy, deserving, and capable of and then you insert whatever it is that you want to bring into your life. 
that you're that 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 you know you'd like to bring into your life that you don't currently have mm-hmm. as anybody else on earth and i will prove this by and then you insert these specific actions that you are willing to take this is it you know i'm just as worthy deserving and capable of whatever it is as anybody else on earth and i will prove this by whatever massive action you're going to take. It's literally that simple. And so when I say things like I am where I am because of who I was, but where I go depends entirely on who I choose to be. Then I get to ask myself, who do I choose to be today? Do I choose to be kind? Do I choose to be generous? Do I choose to be loving? Do I choose to be compassionate? Do I choose to be angry, bitter, annoyed? Uh, You know, who do I choose to be easily triggered? And we get to choose what side of the coin we want to land on. And when we take personal responsibility for our choices, when we take personal responsibility for the things that we say and the actions that we follow it up with, it's mind blowing because that's a whole different ball game than just like saying empty sentences and saying like, oh, well, I said affirmations today. Uh, and I'm like, no, you didn't. You just said like random sentences from the internet that don't even apply to you. <laughs> <laughs> This is my affirmations are just ridiculous because if you Google positive affirmations, like most of the nonsense online is like just nonsense. And like affirmations are supposed to be the vehicle to stop limiting beliefs because we are literally changing our self-talk. But if affirmations do not allow you to take massive action, catch yourself with limiting beliefs, change the conversation in your head, and then take massive action on the things that you want to bring into your life, you're not doing it right. So you have to actually do something about it? Yes. Oh, man. Shocking! And this is one of those, like, you know, A for effort, but effort is like you really got to put in the effort and the miracle equation is a really good one it's like it's unwavering faith plus extraordinary effort and people are like i believe i'm gonna become a millionaire i'm like great i want to see your extraordinary effort what are you doing about it what are you doing about it are you pushing yourself in many directions are you throwing darts at the wall because if you're not failing fast and failing forward you're probably not going to succeed at the level that you hope for. And you said it like beautifully before. Most people that we know that are succeeding at the highest level have also failed more than most people that we know that fail. Because like the general consensus of the world is like, I fail and I give up. Well, the general consensus of high level achievers is I fail, I fail often, and eventually I succeed. And I succeed more because of how many times we've failed, because we picked ourselves back up and people who stay down and use it as a limiting belief for why they should never get back up. You know, it's just two different types of people and we can all yeah. be the types of people that achieve at a high level, but you got to take massive action a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. But that reminds me of the, uh, one of our favorite verses that we like to talk about from the Bible and from James is, you know, faith without works is dead. Right. Like, so you can talk all day about, oh, I love Jesus. And I love my family. I love these people. I love. And if you don't put action to that, it's cheap. Right. It's there's nothing to it. It doesn't accomplish a thing. And, I, and I, so I love how you talk about like, you know, you you have all these things that you say, like it's like Stu in the morning waking up and be like, I'm really good looking. I'm really good. Like, well, OK, dude, like everybody knows that you're good at other stuff, but like that's not going to be one of them. So let's 
make something actionable, right? No, man, you don't want to see me in the morning. My hair is all over the place, and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen. So funny, guys! You guys are so funny. With like the frog in your throat, and like you got lagañas and all that kind of stuff. Four a.m. Four a.m. does not does not look pretty on me, but I get up. Doesn't wear it well, but it does get up. And so I I would love to know um, about your morning routine. Like, what is it that you're doing? Oh, this is good. Well, I'll be honest. My morning routine looks different every single day. I did not will my chronic illness away. It's a true story. Yet, (laughs) um, every single day, the one non-negotiable is that I'm going to get up and I'm going to fill up my own cup. Yet, because I have such a robust toolbox, every day I get to ask myself in this exact moment, what is going to serve me at the highest level? And because I'm asking myself that, I give myself the flexibility. You know, yesterday I read for 35 minutes, but today I only read for five minutes. You know, there are certain things I'm always doing a miracle morning, which consists of some version of silence, some version of affirmations, some version of visualization, some version of exercise, reading and journaling, scribing. I'm always doing that. But the amount of time that I commit to each of those practices varies based on how my body feels, based on the needs of the day, based on what comes up when I check in with myself. The first thing that I do, no matter what, while I'm in bed, the moment I open my eyes is I drop into gratitude for the fact that I woke up because I'm aware that that's not something that every single person on this planet was given the ability to do. Like many people didn't wake up today. And as a result, we are the lucky ones. We are the ones that did wake up. And the question is, what are we going to do with the precious life that we were given at this exact moment? And so I immediately drop into gratitude and then I drop into prayer. And then I ask myself, what is it that I need? Sometimes that's like literally hopping up and doing physical therapy while listening to an audiobook. Sometimes that's going right outside and meditating for a few minutes. Some t- and, and so it varies every single day, depending upon what my needs are. Yet the non-negotiable is that no matter what, before I talk to other people, before I'm checking my phone, before I'm nonsensing around with whatever it is that I'm doing to help people, to serve other people, I am asking myself, what are my needs and how can I support myself? And I'm visualizing the success of the day. I'm visualizing projects coming to fruition. I'm visualizing the contribution that I want to make in the world. I'm affirming how I'm going to show up. I'm affirming my strength and then taking massive action on that, on that affirming of my strength by doing physical therapy, by exercising. I'm also drinking water. I'm chronically dehydrated. And so I make sure, and most people are, it's not just me. And so I make sure that I've set myself up for success by having water one where I do my miracle morning two right by my bed and so there's literally 32 ounces of water between the two cups that I have availability so I like I don't have that limiting belief or that excuse like oh I gotta go to the kitchen oh you know I want to do something else it's right there and so I can pick it up bring it to the gym I could pick it up and you know whatever it is that I'm doing 
I know that if I hydrate myself, I know that if I drop into gratitude, I know that if I pre-prepare by having a journal and my vision board set out the night before, the likelihood that I'm going to use the tools that I've set out are much higher. The likelihood that I'll be able to be hydrated because I've pre-planned that is much higher. Even if I don't drink the whole cup, even if I drink, you know, a little bit of the water that's by my bed, and then a a lot of the water that's uh, wherever my journal is, it's definitely better than none. And so, yeah, that, that's my, that's my morning different every day. Sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. (laughs) And it's actually, it shifts a lot because I am location independent, which is a whole nother story for another day, but I travel all the time. And depending upon who I'm with, I constantly invite people into my morning routine. And I'm like, what's your morning routine? Here's my morning routine. Let's do a morning routine together. And I like, I'm like, oh, let's go on a beach walk. Oh, let's, you know, meditate together. Oh, let's have, you know, someone lead a visualization. And so a lot of the time I will invite people in and never like force anyone, but definitely say like, hey, this is what I'm doing. You're welcome to join if you'd like. And a lot of the time people are super curious and they're like, what are you doing over there? Like, where are you setting up this vision board and this journal? And like, you just put all these things on a table. I'm like, oh yeah, that's for tomorrow. You want, you want to pull out your journal? You can put it next to mine if you want. And it's really nice to be able to just model what I do and allow, invite other people to join. And if they don't want to, cool. And if they want to, awesome. And I'm willing to be flexible in order to allow someone to have an experience that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Wow. Um, can we, can we just go for another hour? We, we should have another podcast. You should. guys are my favorite. We should. I, I know, and I know you have a hard stop. So I want to get to this before we get off. Where, where are you going? You know, what, what's, what's your mission? What's your goal? Like what, what are you doing all this for? What's your why Brandon Greenspan? You know, So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back again. My childhood was really emotionally taxing. And it was emotionally taxing, one, because I didn't understand myself, who I was, what my purpose was, what my mission was. And two, I others didn't understand me as well. And there was this time when I was a child where kids were so cruel because of my physical challenges. Like I was the kid that had a back brace that walked with a limp when I was 11. It's a true story. (laughs) Super cool. (laughs) And there was, there was such a, a, a lack of understanding and a lack of acceptance and a lack of inclusion that, you know, there's, and I witnessed this, it wasn't like I was the only kid that was bullied or isolated or whatever, but I witnessed the response and some kids became super kind so that other people wouldn't experience that. And some kids became super hard and said, you know, I, I was bullied. I'm going to be the bully. And as I got older, I just thought to myself, what would it look like if I modeled the type of leadership that I wished I had in my life as a child, what would it look like if I went back in time and started to identify 
who were the people that showed up for me and what were the ways that they generously showed me what was possible that made it so that I was able to be here today? And how can I amplify modeling that? Because there was just, you know, when you think about, oh, there were so many tragedies and trauma and drama and, you know, bullying or whatever. The flip side of that coin is always there. And so in my visualization practice, I've had the opportunity to really dig in and say, what were the excellent parts of my childhood? Who was there for me? Who modeled what, what I really, what stood out and how do I show up that way? And so a lot of my why in my twenties was being a mentor for those with chronic and terminal illnesses. And it's just been a hobby of mine for many years. And that's where I really learned so much more about myself, so much more about what I want to bring into the world. All of my professional work, work, which maybe one day we'll get into it, but I serve patients with, um, with, uh, allergic, allergic reactions, like the patients that go into anaphylaxis. And I, I work with a lot of researchers and physicians and the NIH and all these academic institutions to support those patients. And a lot of the professional work that I do and a lot of the work with the miracle morning that I do is because I want to create the world that I hope that my kids and grandkids will enjoy living in. And I find so many other individuals that that's their why also. What would it look like if we created the world that we want to live in? A kind, generous, beautiful, loving, nurturing, inspiring, you know, place where we inspire courageousness each day. And you guys are so courageous with the work that you guys do professionally. And I'm so grateful for you guys modeling what it looks like to serve at such a high level. And so I just want to be part of a, team of people that model the good that's possible in the world. And I had to like go on mute and I was getting a little emotional, just right? picturing little uh, Brianna walking around the <laughs> playground. And I'd tell you, you know, that's, um, I guess two things. One, uh, any, I just, I value these relationships and these conversations because it gives us another outlet. And I would know that Stu agrees, would absolutely love to, support you and and those that you support in your ongoing work because it's so important and uh the concept of just kindness and love and uh man i'm like emotional today i don't know what's going on (laughs) um but it's it's just so it's so powerful and you can make such a big difference and and then i think what i what hits me i think what's hitting me is seeing who you are now and just how you flourished and how powerful and, and uh, loving and giving you are when what you experienced could have turned you into a bitter, closed uh, person. And, and I just want to encourage you that it is, it is so awesome. It's amazing to see. It's liberating. It brings hope. It brings me hope to see that, that what a difference. And for whoever it was that showed kindness and compassion in your uh, lowest times, like God bless those people. Right. And just, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for people like that who will never be recognized or, or seen and, and what, whatever we can do with a platform to encourage that I think is, is so important. Um, mm. But man, that's just, that's good stuff. Like I, you got me like thinking about my kids. I'm all choked up. Holy cow. <laughs> if we're not thinking about who we are, how we're showing up in the world and how do we model what we want to see in the next generation, who is, Yeah, it's like that. That's really it. That's what the miracle morning has really reminded me of each and every day during these visualizations. I'm like, 
I know a lot of people that just listen to CNN and Fox all day long. And then all they talk about is fear and craziness and chaos and darkness and all these challenges that rightfully so there's a lot of complications happening in the world. Yeah. Yet there's always the flip side of that coin. And if we just ignore all the goodness that's happening, if we ignore all the superheroes that are literally bringing out their superpowers, then we're missing part of that richness that life, you know, has available on a silver platter for us. And we're like, no, no, no. We only like the negative stuff. It's more popular. Like, okay, guys. It's crazy. Green, I, I am. Uh, I feel so blessed to have you um, in in my network and sphere of influence. Um, every, I tell, I've told my wife this before. Like every time I talk to you, like I am just overcome with joy and happiness. Like, like it's 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 awesome. Um, so you are doing amazing things, um, and I want to encourage you to continue um, to thrive because you are. Um, and like David said, like we want to support you and help you in any way we can. And now I'm getting emotional. Um, this is good. Stuff. You're usually the crier though. You're like the one we can count on to cry. Right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I am. Cause, I immediately, I, cause like you said, like that. I immediately start talking, thinking about my kids and I have a six year old daughter and yeah, I mean, I, I want her to be uh, an amazing woman, just like Brandon Greenspan. So it fires me up. Well, up. I'm grateful for you guys. And actually that's literally my current hobby right now i'm creating a pilot program to bring the miracle morning to hundreds of thousands of kids in sub poverty mm. that live mm. in homeless shelters and it's unbelievable it just happened because these three principals came to me and said half my student population lives in and out of shelters a lot of their families are in prison and we want to bring this the miracle morning to our school community to stop generational poverty and we've done this pilot program with 2,500 students. And at one of the schools, there hasn't been one detention That's since awesome. they rolled out the Miracle Morning. Yes, and so cool. now we're getting all these phone calls from principals all across America saying, we want to bring that to our school. I'm like, bring what? We don't even have a curriculum. And so <laughs> now like, I, this hobby has become a much bigger hobby to like create something for these schools in September. And so it's just... It gives me a deep sense of fulfillment to know that there's a lot of possibilities to show up to serve if we're open to those possibilities even coming into our life and then saying yes when the when the right possibilities are presented. And so that's why I have to run because I'm co-creating a curriculum nice. with these really nice guys that said, we like what you're doing. We're going to help in all the areas that you don't know anything about. We know a lot about. It's like, thank gosh you're around. That's so cool. <laughs> Well, awesome. we're, we'll we're go get it talk and, and we're, we're going to try to help and support however we can. So um, Stu I and I'll just stay on and like cry for a little bit. Yeah, it'll be fine. I love you both. Thanks so much <laughs> for all you do to courageously show up and serve. You guys are rock stars. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, guys You're and awesome. gals, go follow Brianna. Go buy her book, Miracle Morning, Art of Affirmations. And most importantly, go fill your storehouse. And a great day, friends. Sorry, go. Keep shining. The world needs your light. We yes. all want you to be your best self. Love it. Yes. That's better than make it a great day. And make it a great day. Signing off. It's a great day to have a great day. <laughs> See ya. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. 
Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.